Hey guys, we're back with a new episode of the podcast, Pastor AJ's podcast with Don. He's here with me in the studio today. And I'm going to tell you why evolution is a lie. It rhymed. It should be a nursery book. I mean, honestly, I think it would be teaching kids the right thing. So um, that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, in fact, I'm not going to delay it anymore. We're just going to jump right into it. So here we go. Okay, so uh, yeah, we're uh, we're back. I'm just letting that theme song rock out oh, a little bit, Dawn. I like that. I mean, I, I really like that one here. Uh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yep. But uh, but anyways, here is the one and only. He's my partner in crime. He is the man with the master plan. <laughs> the one and only. Don Medicus. He's such a cool hi, guy. Patsy. And he's saying hi to Patsy. What a, what a good husband. He's so nice. Well, you he's know, nice. I'm getting did, brownie points. Did you like my nursery rhyme? Yes. I, yeah. I thought it was very good. I, I thought it was pretty good, too. I mean, personally, I thought it was I, I thought, thought it, it floated. Good. Yep. I'm going to tell you why evolution is a lie. That's right. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. And um, we're right in the middle of a series called Get Real. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to support Gospel Ministries. Um, you can do that by uh, contributing. You can just go to my website, PastorAJ.com, and there's a place there that says Partner with Pastor AJ. If you haven't signed up for my weekly email newsletter, you want to do that because I actually will send you the, my latest videos in addition to um, just great content and a great devotional that will give you, it, it will inform you and help you to be a Bible-believing Christian in this day and age. And uh, that's really what what I want to do. Uh, so so do that. Go to go to PastorAsia.com, sign up for the email. Um, if you want to partner financially with us and help us to continue to do what we do, I mean, it actually, believe it or not, it, it costs us money. Uh, but we, we do give to missions projects as well. We contribute by giving Bibles to new believers. We also support churches that do that and are passionate about preaching the gospel and leading people to salvation each and every week. Um, we also support missionaries that are preaching the gospel on three, count them three different continents. So Amen. I think that's pretty cool. Yep. But uh, but anyways, if you want to support us, and if you do it monthly, then you get one of these bad boys right here. It's a very nice stainless steel tumbler. Um, so uh, so want to encourage you to do that. Uh, you can also sponsor us. Just uh, Reach out. Let me know. And in a in addition to that, we're, we're, we're doing this new study here, this new series called Get Real. It's all about how the Bible is real, because this is just something I'm passionate about. It's something I really want to teach everybody. I want you to get to know for yourself how these stories are real, the people are real, the places are real. Um, it's, it's not a nursery rhyme. It's, it's more like a kind of reality TV show um, gone wrong, but in the end it goes right because Jesus comes and he, you know, is the, Amen. is the one that all these uh, stories and things are, are pointing to, but the stories are real. I mean, a lot of people today are questioning mm -hmm. the validity of the Bible. They're questioning whether or not, uh, you know, the, the Exodus from Egypt happened. You have some, you know, scholar, scholars, scholars, that air are questioning quotes. air quotes <laughs> yes <laughs> so you have scholars that are questioning that you've got uh, people just questioning other uh, other elements did um, was there really a global flood um, I'm going to talk 
about that today. If you haven't already done so, check out my first two uh, episodes in this series. They have all to do with Mount Sinai and the Red Sea crossing and probably evidence that you didn't even know for those two historic events. So pretty cool stuff. Um, you want to check that out. And basically, um, I'm going to get right into it. We're talking about, we're talking about evolution, evil Lucian. What do you think about that one, Dylan? Evolution. That's that's a good that, that's a good title. Evolution. Um, I, I actually thought when I when I did a series on this a few months ago called Evol uh, excuse me um, what was it? Evolution Insanity mm -hmm. Darwin's Monkey Magic. Uh, I thought about calling it Evolution, um, and uh, that's I thought what that, it is. Thought, it is. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. But uh, you know, I. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I, this is this is just kind of like a pet topic for me mm -hmm. because I've just been studying it for a lot of years, and um, sometimes people look at you screwy, like like you got a screw loose when you say you don't believe in evolution, and there's just a lot of evidence to the contrary out there. In fact, I mean, honestly, all the evidence, most of the evidence, ninety percent of the evidence points against evolution. There's a few things that are, you know, kind of interesting or tricky, but um, you know, it, it just seems like overwhelmingly the evidence, uh, goes against evolution. It goes in favor of a young earth. And so, um, you know, that's, uh, that's what I want to showcase, uh, today. And I want to do that by showing you what the Bible teaches. This is a scripture passage that I have uh, actually relied on quite a bit. This is out of Acts chapter 17, the apostle Paul speaking to the people of Athens, uh, he says to them, um, I see in verse 22 that in every, in every way you are very religious, for I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship. I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God, so you are ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. Uh, see, you know, it seems like he's being a little kind of seeker sensitive here, Don. I mean, you know, like he's just being nice. Mm -hmm. He's basically... Um, just to give you a little bit of context, in this particular passage, Paul is speaking to a completely pagan uh, audience. There, right. there are people who don't know Jesus uh, at all. They, they have no um, ability to uh, uh, interact with the Hebrew narrative of the, of the Bible and, and God creating the world in six literal days. Um, so, so it seems like he's being a little seeker sensitive here. He's being nice, and that's good. Uh, and and I've seen people use this passage. I've used this passage to teach that you need to be sensitive when you're sharing the gospel to people that aren't Christians. Uh, however, um, one of the things that he goes on to say, if we continue reading in verse 24, is the God who made the word. Now, see, he was he was engaging them initially on their in their con contextual world in their narrative with with their pagan idols. But then he goes here and he says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And mm -hmm. that was that was really what I wanted to focus on there, Don, was that, that particular part where mm -hmm. he says, from one man, right. he made all nations. So... You know, if, if you ever wondered, what does the Bible teach? Can we take the Bible figuratively, especially as it comes to Genesis chapter 1, God creating in six literal days? There are many people who do that. There are many believers who do that. You can be a believer. You can be a Christian 
and and think that the earth is is old. I want to show you evidence evidence to the contrary today. You can be a Christian and believe in evolution, but what you don't understand if you if you believe that is how a lot of what that ideology teaches is number one rooted in belief, not in fact. Number two, how much it undercuts the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ways it undercuts the gospel is by putting death before sin. Right. And it clearly says, however you want to interpret it, that God created things good. Mm-hmm. G-O-O-D. He created them good in the beginning. And so if God created them good, how was their death and cancer and death and God, you know, creating the world through evolution doesn't seem very good right. to me. So, um, so you get a little bit of a theological problem there because why did Christ have to come and die Mm-hmm. Uh, if death wasn't bad, but if death was good. And so, um, so anyways, yeah, a little bit of a theological problem for sure. And yet, um, yet, yet, uh, that's, that's really just what I want to unfold to you and unpack a little bit is, is this idea. Uh, so I, I did a whole series on this. We talked about this for quite some time, right, Don? Right. I mean, a couple times there, I, I mean, it was really some in-depth discussion. Right. Um, what, what were your thoughts on on that whole series that we did? I mean, do you have any takeaways from that? Because we, we talked about this topic for quite some time. Well, one of the things was that uh, people, to me, have been so buffaloed into believing yeah. in evolution, and it's been crammed down the throats from kids all the way to adults right and they keep it up and keep it up and keep it up and to me it's become like a religion yeah it's not a man's thought of what they thought like science it is turned into a religion and that's why they when you say something like you talk about say no there's creation and they look at you kind of like what what's wrong with you it's because they've been indoctrinated into something that's an absolute lie. Ooh, yeah. And that's what it is. And mankind has accepted this absolute lie, and they believe it. Yeah. And this is the thing that gets me, because right away they're undercutting God, they're undercutting Jesus Christ, and they're undercutting the Holy Spirit. They're undercutting the whole thing. And they're denying that God created yeah. this earth and all the universe out there, the cosmos, everything he created, there's nothing that he didn't create that's created. Yeah. So, you know, wrap your brain around it, accept what the truth is, and get right with God. Right. And they don't want to. They yeah. want to give all these stupid excuses for everything. And that it really is kind of ticks me off in a way because they try to push God under the carpet or off yeah, to the side. Yeah, under the rug. Yeah. And, and Romans talks about this. You know, Romans chapter one, it talks about how uh, people suppress the truth in mm-hmm. unrighteousness. That's right. Um, you know, so food for thought. I mean, if people suppress the truth in unrighteousness, and Paul wrote that 2,000 years ago, mm-hmm. um, which it seems like he was quoting uh, the wisdom of Solomon in an in, in even more ancient text, uh, or referencing that, rather, giving an allusion to that text. Um, but regardless, this... Uh, the statement that he makes, I mean, it's very true today. You see it happening today. Yep. If it ha- was happening then, then it's happening today. I mean, oftentimes people suppress the truth, and there definitely is a spiritual element to this. Oh, and definitely. That's one thing I would I would hope that uh, I would encourage you to, um, as a as an audience member, to you know just search your heart, see see if this is a spiritual issue, see if, if God will speak to you in some way, mm-hmm. because yeah, we're gonna, yeah we're going to talk about facts and things like that, but it's all meant to see spiritual transformation. That's what my ministry is all about. That's what we want to do here right. at Gospel Ministries, um, and and that's just that's just really what I want to see. I want to see spiritual transformation in your heart. 
So, um, yeah, so th this is something that's basically prevalent, it's pervasive today, mm -hmm. obviously. I mean, it's, it seems like most most or a lot of people believe in evolution. A lot don't, though, when they take polls. A lot of people don't right. still. Um, but but I want to present you with some evidence today. So um, this was something I didn't necessarily cover in that series. So I thought in discussing that, uh, that, I, that I'm going to tell you why evolution is a lie, um, I, I thought a good place to start would be something that I didn't really cover specifically. I mean, I, I might have a little bit, but I, I want to actually get, show you a video uh, on this idea of catastrophic plate tectonics. So ba ba this is maybe, you know, you've never heard of that before. Um, I'm assuming you haven't done catastrophic plate All tectonics. Right. But, uh, Don't ask me to say that. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, maybe you've heard of, of continental drift or plate tectonics. Um, but this is basically when you look at our continents and the shape of them, they seem to have just been one giant landmass mm -hmm. at one time. Yeah. And so um, I learned this. I think I was in like sixth grade. Uh, I remember learning about this stuff. And so what, what you're taught, if, you, if you've been taught the narrative of the day, is that it took millions and billions of years for these continents to slowly drift apart. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but what I'm going to teach you today is something that I was kind of missing early on when I was studying you know, flood geology and stuff like that. And that's just this idea of catastrophic plate tectonics. So it's plate tectonics. It's the same thing, but it's the idea that it happened fast and quickly. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about it, then this would have been the mechanism for the flood. Sure. So, um, so that, that's why I wanted to cover this today because people, when you talk about a global flood, when you talk about why evolution isn't true and, and you'll see, I'll comment on, on several things here, either in the video or after the video, the video is over. And before I forget, before I forget, we have a special little object mm. on the, on the desk today it is uh dawn's 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 ark <laughs> it's actually noah's ark it's right yeah, here yeah. <laughs> it, it is was a, bigger in his day it, <laughs> definitely bigger well it needed to be um and so that that's actually a little uh representation of noah's ark and, and from what i understand it's it's probably pretty looked pretty close to that if you if you go to the the ark encounter in kentucky uh that kenaham and Answers in Genesis, uh, the lovely people at Answers in Genesis built for us. It's an incredible museum. It looks very similar to that. And uh, so uh, lots of cool stuff to learn there. In fact, if you, if you want to learn more about this topic and you're within driving distance of Kentucky, um, we're about five hours. We did a church trip there. Go see the Ark Encounter oh, and yeah. the Creation Museum. I mean, it's, it's really cool. And he'll teach you a lot of different uh, things there. But anyways, I'm going to jump right in and we're going to talk about catastrophic plate tectonics and then i'll uh give you some just kind of random general reasons just a handful of them why i think evolution is a lie here we go you ever wondered how the massive dinosaur kill zone in the middle of america happened we're talking yes. about three countries 14 <laughs> states and a stretch over 1800 miles long and 1000 miles wide over a, a million things. square miles are filled with the wow. remnants of most known dinosaur species. And they're all mixed with other land animals, fish, birds, and all sorts of sea life. The leading theory asserted by evolutionists is that an asteroid hitting the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico, over 1,000 miles away from the heart of this disaster zone, is why millions of dinosaurs are buried in mud and ash. 
But that doesn't make sense, because the billions of fossils in this area were buried in multiple mud and ash layers from successive watery events. There's also vast areas of crumpled and buckled geology from land masses that were laid down wet and then folded. And this action was obviously driven by rapidly subducting plates. Evolutionists explain how oceanic plates, like the Farallon Plate, slowly subducted over tens of millions of years under the North American continent uneventfully, while the millions of dinosaurs now buried in this kill zone somehow just kept living and thriving. Both secular and creation scientists agree that the Farallon Plate subducted under North America, even carrying massive volcanic plateaus like the Conjugate Shatsky Rise along with it going from the west to the east. But we disagree, and with good reason, that the dinosaurs somehow just kept peacefully thriving in this area while this was happening. This subducting action would be like a spatula sliding beneath an undercooked pancake, creating massive folding and buckling just like we see all over North America today. The process even explains the rapid and catastrophic formation of the Rocky Mountains. This happened just thousands of years ago during Noah's Flood, when the fountains of the Great Deep were broken apart and the year-long process of the worldwide flood unfolded. Massive oceanic rifting on a worldwide scale created new seafloor that was pulled under the continents, creating cycles of tsunamis that occur when the seafloor binds and then releases, just like tsunamis are generated today. This explains the multiple layers these creatures are found in as they were buried by the ever-increasing flood waters and tsunamis. These dinosaurs were buried furiously, with over 90% of them now found disarticulated or torn apart. Many of them are even found choking on mud as they died, with their necks arched backwards. Widespread volcanism that occurred during this process also shows this happened quickly, over a year, and not millions of years. With no volcanoes in the Morrison Formation itself, where the bulk of these dead dinosaurs are found, logic demands that the huge volume of volcanic ash in the Morrison Formation to have been erupted from megavolcanoes on the west coast, lofted, and carried far to the east by wind. The Morrison Formation's brushy basin member alone spans five states and includes over 4,000 cubic miles of volcanic material. That's enough to cover the state of New Jersey in ash 740 meters deep, and there are plain indicators that this happened rapidly, not over millions of years. How else can we explain this recently discovered massive dinosaur graveyard where 10,000 adult Myasaura were found buried in mud without a single young mixed in with the entire herd that was buried? Every single dinosaur in the area was at least 9 feet long. It sounds like the adult dinosaurs were stampeding away from the imminent danger of raging floodwaters. Their young could not keep up and became engulfed in some lower part of the peninsula. These evidences sure point to the rapid and widespread catastrophe of the flood. But do you know what seems even more convincing? Soft tissue found in dinosaur bones. Over the last few decades, scientists have been discovering soft tissues in dinosaur bones. We're talking about over 50 peer-reviewed secular science journals that have now reported 14 bioorganic materials found in dinosaur bones. They're finding blood cells, blood vessels, connective tissue, and even collagen, which has a maximum shelf life of just tens of thousands of years, with some stretching it out to a maximum of 900,000 years. Either way, with a maximum shelf life of less than 1 million years, what's collagen doing in dinosaur bones that are supposedly 65 million years old? Many dinosaur bones are even found unfossilized in places like Madagascar, Alaska, and Montana. Even the founder of the largest dinosaur museum in the world admitted that usually most of the original bone is still present in a dinosaur fossil. 
Just look at this soft, pliable dinosaur tissue. This type of bioorganic material has been found in the bones of several different dinosaur species. It sure doesn't look like a 65 million year old rock, does it? When you step back and look at all this evidence, doesn't it look like the catastrophic worldwide flood described in the Bible that happened just thousands of years ago make better sense of this evidence? Looking for answers about what the Bible teaches about creation, the fossil record, dinosaurs? Download the Genesis Apologetics app from the iTunes or Google Play stores for answers to these questions and more. All right. So uh, that video was put together mm -hmm. by our lovely friends at Genesis Apologetics. Um, and there's a few different sites you can go to to get like information on this kind of stuff. But um, I just felt like that was kind of like a concise good one on this idea of catastrophic plate tectonics. And so I think it was good. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, thank you to uh, the people at Genesis Apologetics. Yep. Um, but I mean, what's your thoughts on that, Don? Have you ever heard of this before? Like, and you probably have heard of plate tectonics yeah. and, the, and the continents drifting apart. But um, but catastrophically quickly being the mechanism for the flood. I never really thought of it that way before yeah. until right now. <clears throat> but it it stands to reason. Yeah. I mean. People think th tens of thousands of years or millions of years, whatever, that all this happened, and it didn't happen that way. And just when you read the, the Bible itself, it it's, doesn't seem like it took forever for the, any of this to happen. No. And, uh, you know, when you look at how it went genealogy through the Bible, it wasn't tens of th thousands or millions of years. It, it happened rather quick as far as just the way the Bible is set up. Yeah. So for this... I mean, I never thought of this this way, but I could see where this would happen, especially when you have animals that are found with mud down yeah. in their throats right. from all this ash or the the mud just uh, engulfing them from the flood. And, you, and if you think of it, that's what would happen. I mean, there would be trillions of ga gallons of water coming at them, yeah. and they're trying to run away, and they can't. They can't outrun it, yeah. and they get swallowed up like in a tsunami. Right. So what are they going to happen? They're going to uh, drown, they're either that, or they're going to end up uh, dying on, on mud and rock right. and whatever. Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if you just stop and think about it for a moment, um, and you saw some of this illustrated in that video, but one of the criticisms of, of the flood is of there being a catastrophic global flood is where'd all the water go? Mm -hmm. How could all that water cover the mountain peaks and things like the Bible says that it did? Um, well, in large part, it's because the mountains weren't formed yet, Right. number one. And that's why you, you actually find uh, raw, uh, excuse me, fossils, aquatic animal fossils, right. water animal fossils on mountains. Mm -hmm. All over land, you find whale skeletons on land. You've, you know, it, it mixed with sharks, mixed with with T Rexes. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah. How'd they get there? Uh, yeah. So I, so like, so this explains how the flood happened, it, it, and it also explains how, how we, how the world was formed. Right. In terms of how we see it today, it it explains the fossil record. Um, it ex it actually explains everything and it, it's logical too. It, yeah. So, so it, it, it answers some of those hard questions. I think maybe you haven't thought about it before mm -hmm. catastrophic plate tectonics. So the fact that it went quickly and, and there's lots of evidence for that. And I'll, you know, I'll point that out in a minute, why it didn't happen over millions of years and why the, um, the pancake layers that we see when we go down into the fossil record that, that have all these different animals in them, skeletons, why they're not millions. They couldn't be billions of years old. But, uh, but this idea of catastrophic plate tectonics, I think, is, is a big 
kind of one of the big puzzle pieces to uh, mm -hmm. show you why evolution uh, is not true. So, um, so um, there were several things mentioned in that video. One of the things was, uh, you know, it was kind of describing, showing you uh, some of these different things. Um, and, and when we talk about the, the earth being young, you can't have soft tissue and dinosaurs right. and have, have the earth be old. I mean, the earth has to be number one and, and they are in fact finding soft tissue and they've, they've got like some goofy theory about how magical iron is look, look this up, research it on your own is somehow preserving these fossils for millions of years. It's, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. Honestly. Um, if you, if you're finding soft tissue in these fossils, then it means that they're not more than a few thousand years old. Right. Um, and so if you if you look at how fossilization itself occurs so i mean this is another proof you've got soft tissue and dinosaurs you've also you also look at this this process of fossilization how how does something turn into a fossil something turns into a fossil because it's buried rapidly by water or volcanic activity mud mm -hmm. flow from a, vo a volcano it's buried rapidly by material by earth or by rock um, and we find examples of fossils this way, but something doesn't fossilize unless it's buried rapidly by water. And so uh, the fact that you have fossils mm -hmm. means that these things were, were buried rapidly right. <laughs> by water or a volcano or something. Something buried them rapidly. Right. Um, and they mentioned the dinosaur kill zone in there where you find all kinds of... Um, dismembered dinosaur parts which you would find if they were all swept in there by uh different waves of a tsunami so i think it kind of follows it mm -hmm. we've seen tsunamis in our lifetime yep. we saw hurricane katrina we saw uh, a tsunami hit um i think where was that Indo indonesia do you remember that like about 15 years ago they, yeah. had, they had video of it and i know one just hit japan as well a couple yeah. years ago like so we've seen tsunamis and tsunamis it, if you think an earthquake isn't a big deal, well, when it happens underwater, it creates a big wall of water that yep. goes into land. So imagine if you have catastrophic plate tectonics, and this is going on for six months, for a year, and and it's going to cover the land, and, and it's going to push continents apart. So this is what flood geology teaches us. Uh, well, it's like with the tsunami, they've seen them like the water was like 200 feet high right. coming in. And these ships try to go through it, and they just flip the ship upside down. And right. look at how big these uh, cargo ships are and everything else. So you imagine that coming to land, and the animal's trying to run away from it. Yeah. And I forget how fast the, the tsunami moves on land. Yeah. But it moves quite fast. Very fast. So there's no way they're going to outrun it. So yeah. they're going to get swallowed up in this, plus all the muck that the, the tsunami is pulling with it, yeah. which would be a lot of dirt, a lot of rock, a lot of stuff like that. Trees, other things like that. So they're being bombarded with all this stuff. And then they're actually, like I said, about being blown apart. Yeah. I could understand that because look at the force of the water. Yeah. And, and so, you know, just let, let's, let's go down this rabbit trail for a minute. And, and we're sort of thinking out loud here as, as we're doing this, right? I mean, we're talking about how the, what would happen to the dinosaurs, what would mm -hmm. happen if there was lots of earthquakes and over a period of six months, okay, that God built this in as a into the earth, knowing what was going to happen. Um, he built into the earth whatever 
mechanism was needed to start this process, like a fail-safe to, to wipe the earth clean, uh, unfortunately. But, um, but, but, but we see this, and, and what would you see? You would see probably if the whole earth was covered in water, you would see evidence of that in fossils. You would see, bill, as Ken Ham says, you know, billions of dead things buried in rock layers, covered uh, right. by water all over the earth, laid down by water all over the earth. You see that. You see the fo- these animal fossil remains. Um, you would also see gigantic drainage ditches and evidence that this water came off the land. Like the Grand Canyon? Like the Grand Canyon. <laughs> you, would see, <laughs> you would see giant drainage ditches, yep. okay? And, and look, at it, look up a picture of Monument Valley. Look up a picture of Monument Valley over there in the Grand Canyon area. Um, you, you'll see these giant leftover pillars and things of space where... L- imagine the volume of water it took to create Monument Valley in the the Grand Canyon region, not just to make the Grand Canyon, but to leave these, basically a flat plain with these giant, you know, monuments in it of, of that are left over from uh, the, the floodwaters receding off of mm-hmm. the land, which, which and that, that brings me to another point, And that is that all of, all of the, the layers of rock that we have underneath our feet, whether it's the Grand Canyon, whether it's, it's here in Ohio, underneath us, there's a top layer of dirt, and underneath that, there's a bunch of rock, which which is a bunch of other kinds of dirt. Really, is what it is, and uh, and and it's all sedimentary rock. Mm-hmm. And you know what sedimentary rock is? Sedimentary rock it's from water is rock that was laid down by water, right? By a flood. Hmm. I mean, just when you look at the geology of the, of the world, something's kind of pointing in the direction of of this having happened recently uh that also brings me to this point and it's the fact that those pancake layers are basically they're laid they're they're laid down by water but there's also gaps huge gaps in between them so evolutionists will look at this and they'll say these were laid down and you have a problem here if you're an evolutionist in, in my opinion because you have rocks that were laid down by water but you don't want to say the world was ever flooded right so then you you have to say, well, the oceans, uh, they advanced and receded. Well, I have another word for that. <laughs> it's called a flood. <laughs> so they'll say there were, that this happened many times, right, when they look at the, at the fossil record. Yeah, we're just saying it happened over a short period of time. Um, and, and that's why there's these giant – so they'll say, what I'm getting at is they'll say there's gaps in between these pancake layers. If you look at the layers mm-hmm. of rock, there's gaps in between them. Like there's there's one clear layer, then there's another clear layer. It's not a gradual process. You don't see this clear delineated evolution. Um, some of the things that they call evidence aren't really evidence when you study it, such as things that they say are evidence for dinosaurs evolving into birds or dinosaurs and birds sharing a common ancestor, whichever way you want to frame that, uh, or the same thing between men and monkeys. Um, when you actually look at the skeletons that they find skeletons air quotes again don mm-hmm. um you you see that they're they're not all that they're cracked up to be and they're often swept under the rug shortly after they're paraded in front of us as though it's a missing link and usually right. it's a fragment it's a tooth it's a you can actually fit 
all of the supposed missing links in the back of a pickup truck. I believe it. And, and like like eighty percent of of the fossils are teeth. Mm-hmm. They're just teeth. You know, so you, what you have in the fossil record is you have monkey skeletons and you have human skeletons. Neanderthals are a human. That's a human skeleton. Right. Um, uh, Homo erectus. That's another one. It sounds like a funny name, but it's it's a human skeleton. Uh, Lucy. Four bones, Lucy. Yeah, for, for basically, is an ape. Okay. So you have, and, and there's there's distinct there's great distinctions between an ape skull and a human skull but uh, uh, some of what you've seen too in several examples they've actually filled in the gaps to make them look more human mm-hmm. and so this is where i think there's a little bit of dishonesty in the science and yep. science air quotes again but uh but anyways so there's when you actually look at the rock when you actually look at the fossil record when you actually see these big gaps in supposed gaps in the fossil record and then you've also got this thing called the cambrian explosion which is the very bottom layer, which we would just say was the first tsunamis of of the global flood. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you get to that layer, you see this thing called the, the, they call it the Cambrian explosion. It's where all life suddenly, all the fossils that they find uh, in that rock strata, that particular layer, seem to have come about overnight. It wasn't a gradual process. Boom, they're there right. in the fossil record. And, and then so what we would say when we look at that fossil record is it doesn't represent millions of years. It just represents different stages of a flood that lasted about a year in the different geolo- ge- uh, geographic locations that those animals tended to live in. Right. And why you see mammals and such normally, and this isn't always the case. Another reason why you can tell that it was a global flood is sometimes you see mixing. But typically why you see different animals in different layers like a lot of dinosaurs which probably existed in marshy areas you see them buried earlier than you see some mammals buried right um and also to say why some of the other ones that might have been on the top such as humans a lot of most of those uh because they would have been in the top layers either would have just biodegraded you wouldn't they wouldn't be fossilized or they would have been swept out to sea mm-hmm. i mean it, it really when you look at it explains what we see and why the world was covered in a global flood and why that arc in the front of my desk right here is so cool looking dawn so thank you for bringing that in man that is why evolution is a lie So uh, that's just a little quick snapshot on the topic. I hope that it was informative for you. And I'm going to just close this up very quickly with a word of prayer here. I want to encourage you. uh, A lot of times I I encourage people to receive Jesus. Um, I want to encourage you to just be open-minded on this topic. Mm -hmm. And that's that's really what I'm going to pray for. Because um, the thing is, you don't have to believe in creation the way that I teach it and the way that I think the Bible teaches it, young earth creation, to be a Christian. You don't have to do that for me to love you. Um, I love you and Don loves you and we want you to oh, know amen. the person of Christ. I mean, amen. that's really the most important thing. So some of these things we talk about because we think they're important, because we've studied them, um, and because we think like there's they're sort of undercutting the Christian faith a little bit for people today, uh, getting them to question the Bible and whether or not it's real. So that's what this, all, this series is about, mm-hmm. is encouraging you to get real about uh, the reality of the Bible right. and that you can just take it at face value. So I want to encourage you to be open-minded to that and just basically just tell you, I love you. If you're an atheist, I love you. I've got atheist friends. Um, I, I've got people that I, that I know that are in the LGBT community. We love you. We want you to Amen. know Christ, okay? And we're just having a conversation here. And so I just want to close with a prayer that we be open-minded. Heavenly Father,
Yes, uh, I come before you right now, and I just want to pray, Lord God, for those who are within uh, our listening audience right now, God, within the sound of our voice, that, God, you would give that the open the eyes of their heart. In the word of the Apostle Paul, open the eyes of their heart, like he prayed for the Ephesian church, that they might see the depth and the richness of a relationship with Christ. Uh, God, I want to pray for an openness to the things that we discuss on this show so that people can just have a deeper walk with you. And we believe that if they take the Bible seriously, if, if they get real with it, then they're going to have a deeper walk with you. They're going to grow in their relationship with you. And that's all we ask for those listening, Lord God. Not that they become like us, but that they become like you want them to be, that they become like you, God. And so yes. we ask for open-mindedness. I pray for the one that's listening to me right now, that God, in their heart, they would just say, God, I'm open to whatever you would have to say to me, whatever your Bible would have to say to me, God. And I, I just open my heart and I ask you to come in and teach me something new, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Amen. Well, Amen. Uh, that does it for this episode. And uh, I just want to thank you again, my friend, for being here, Don. Oh, my pleasure. I tie you to the chair, so you know, <laughs> you're stuck. But uh, yeah, join us. We're going to keep rolling along. I want to encourage you to get real with God because uh, he got real with you. And mm. the Bible is true. It's Amen. a true book. The places are real. The people are real. We'll be back in the next episode. Tune in. We love you. We're out. <laughs>